AMU. American Military University is proud to present Protect and Secure. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Boyd Wyatt. The goal of this podcast is to highlight our local heroes in our community. Today, we're going to add to that very important discussion by talking about the importance of sharing your story, being vulnerable, and also advocating for other women. So today, I am so happy that our guest is Brittany Powell, who proudly served her country in the military. Now a stay-at-home mom, she's ready to tell her story of turmoil, of trepidation, of tragedy, and of triumph. So Brittany, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. We've seen in the news so many examples of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and I'm just glad that you're here today to talk to us and help us just get a little more clarity on this subject. So can you start by telling us about yourself and why this topic is so dear to your heart? Yeah, I can. I joined the military about eight years ago in 2013. After basic training and AIT, I went to airborne school. And during that time, I was sexually assaulted by another service member. And sorry, (laughs) when I got to my first duty station after that had happened, it was about four months afterwards. And I finally decided that I wanted to report it and I wanted to take him to trial. And I went to trial and then I ended up winning my trial and he got out of the military and he was discharged. And then he was sent to jail for a few years. So I ended up winning. And that is what happened eight years ago. Well, I'm glad you're taking something from eight years ago and sharing it with our listeners today. So Brittany, can you start by talking about some of the challenges you encountered when trying to talk about sexual assault? Yes. So when I would talk about it, I was looked down upon. People would say, you know, why did you go out with a group of people that you don't really know when you know, you know, the things that could happen? Or even when I was in trial, one of the questions were, there was, so there was a picture of me going around that I didn't know about. And it was a picture of me on someone's lap and he had his arm on my leg. And one of the questions was like, did you not realize that that guy had his arm on your leg? Like, why did you let that happen? Did you like that? Like, it's just when you talk about sexual assault, it's really looked down upon. And, it, you know, they try and make the victim to blame, but it, it's not our fault. You know, we didn't ask for any. It, that shouldn't be something that goes across our head when we go out. We shouldn't have to think about, oh, am, am I going to get raped tonight if I go out with these people? Like, that just shouldn't be what it is. But nowadays, that's how people treat you. Like, it's your fault. Like, what you wore was your fault why you got raped. And and even, like, when I was in the military, like, if people know about 
you having a sexual assault, like people don't really want to hang out with you. Luckily, I didn't have that group of friends. I had awesome friends that were supportive, but there were people that didn't want to hang out with me because they were afraid if they said one like wrong thing that I was going to go and like call sharp on them. Like it, it's just, it's really looked down upon when you try and talk about it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's important for everyone listening to understand that everyone has their own story and every story is different. So Brittany, how do you help people individualize your story so that they can relate to what happened? Honestly, I don't really feel like I I need to individualize my story because unfortunately, I feel like there's already so many people that can relate to me that have been assaulted. I think the only difference in my story compared to somebody else's is I'm just in my journey right now where I'm ready to talk about it and I'm ready to to help others with it. But we're all survivors and we're just we're going at it and um, our journeys are different. It takes like, for me, it took me eight years. I, I've never gone public about my story. I mean, my family knows about it and my therapists know about it, but I've never talked publicly about it. So this, like just doing this interview is super hard for me. Um, but I think people can already relate. And I think that our steps are just a little bit different. Someone may not be ready to talk about it, and others are. And there's no wrong or right answer to your healing. We're all going at our own pace. Yeah, I think that's important to help our listeners understand that everyone is different and everyone will address and, and adjust in her own way. Right. What advice would you give to them if they were presented with this same situation? Um, I think the first thing I would want them to know is you're not alone in this. And I know that's such a simple answer, but it's such an important realization. Like for me, when I was going through it, I really did feel alone. Like I didn't have anyone who had gone through the same thing as I did. So it was really isolating. And it wasn't even until I started going to group therapy that I realized that I wasn't alone, that there are so many people out there that have gone through it. And they understood, like they understood me and and my feelings. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing I want people to know is you're not alone in your journey. And it helped that honestly, like knowing that later on helped me in my healing process that for once I wasn't alone. So if there's one thing I could tell someone that if someone could get out of this just interview, it's just, you're not alone. You're not alone in this. Another advice I would give is uh, always have that one person that you completely trust and talk to them about what you're feeling. Because if you don't get it out some way, even if it's like writing, just write it down. Otherwise, you know, you might have some unhealthy habits that you pick up. Like for me, I picked up drinking. I drank a lot because I didn't know how to get my emotions out. I didn't know how to get my feelings out. I wasn't really into writing at that time. And I, and I didn't, you know, have anyone that understood me. So I, I drank a lot. So, you know, I want everyone to know that they should have that one person that they can vent to 
and uh, talk to anything about because you need to get the emotions out. So I think those, like, honestly, those two things are, like, such a huge, huge thing for me that I just want people to get out. You're not alone and to always, like, have one person that you can talk to about stuff. Yeah, you definitely need someone to, to talk to for a situation like this. Right. Thank you so much. And we will be back after this very important message. The public service field offers satisfying ways to make a difference to people and their communities. At American Military University, you'll have the chance to learn great tools and strategies from highly experienced leaders, as well as develop the knowledge to create effective policies. Get the expertise you need to make changes to your community or even the world. Apply now at amuonline.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are speaking with Brittany Powell. Let's get back to the conversation. So what training would be needed to make the public more aware of the importance of preventing sexual assault? So I know, you know, in the workplaces and and in the military, they already do a bunch of training. But I think what they need to do is they need to take it more seriously. Like when you're doing these trainings, don't don't lightly talk about it. Like this is, you know, this is sexual harassment and rape. This is like serious, serious stuff that people need to, when they train, they need to take it seriously. Like not jokingly about it, not like trying to make it a lighthearted subject. It's not a lighthearted subject. Like just do more, like, and just be serious about it. I think a lot of people just you know, don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. But that's it, that's when it needs to be talked about the most because of how uncomfortable it is. It needs to be talked about more and people need to take it just more seriously. Thank you for that. So let's talk about advocacy. Does every person possess the skills to be an advocate? Of course, I think everyone does. And, you know, I think people feel like you need to have gone through something to be an advocate. But that's not true. Like an advocate, you just need to be you need to be supportive and you just you need to be believe in the subject, um, like for sexual assault. Like I had my friend uh, in the military, her name is Diamond, and she was like my advocate because she hadn't gone through it, but she was still there for me. She still supported me. She did volunteer work with me through the SHARP program to try and spread awareness about it. She was just there for me. And that's, you know, that's what an advocate is for, is to be there and to support the subjects. You don't have to go through anything to be an advocate. You just have to be supportive. Yeah. Like you said, support is what people are really looking for. Yes. So even after your sexual assault, how do you not become negative how do you remain positive and still continue to be inspirational for other people? Uh, time. <laughs> time is what helped me because honestly, in the beginning, I was not inspirational. I was not motivational. I was, I had so much hatred going through me. I, I was not this person that I am now back then. Over time, honestly, with your healing process and 
who knows who knows when that'll be you know like for me it, it took eight years but for some people it might be longer and that's okay just know that over time you will get to that spot you will you know be more positive about life you you'll be more inspirational about life but it's not going to happen right away it's not an overnight thing it doesn't it doesn't just happen. It took me a long time and a lot of work and honestly, a lot of therapy, group therapy, um, <laughs> support from my family and my friends. Uh, it took a lot, a lot of time for me to get there. So for anyone that's you know, feeling that they're not going to get through it or they're not <laughs> very motivational right now, just know that it, that's okay. Like over time, you're going to get there. So just time is a huge thing for healing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think time is what's most important. And you mentioned it took you eight years to this point, yeah, to this conversation, to this podcast. So let's talk about your next eight years. What does that look like? Do you have a vision or a goal, especially when it comes to helping others in this realm? Well, yeah, actually. Um, so right now I'm like, I'm in the process of being in a book by uh, Christy Ruffino. She does these books called Overcoming Mediocrity. And I just wrote my story out and turned it in to be published in one of her books. So that is like right now, that's like my next step is just getting my story out in the open and out in the public because, you know, my vision, you know, I don't know what's going to happen down the line yet. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But what I do know right now is with my story, I just, I want other women to know that they're not alone. And even men, and you know, I can't talk for men because I'm, I'm a woman, but just for everyone to know that you're not alone. Like there's so many people out there that are going through or have already gone through what you're going through. So just, just getting my story out in the public and letting them know that we're all here for each other. That's my biggest goal right now. And so who knows what the future will hold, but that's my, that's my right now. Well, I think your right now is pretty awesome. Thank you. To not only talk about it in a podcast, but also to be featured in a book that's about to be published. So like you said, just being transparent, being open, being vulnerable, that in itself is strength. And I thank you so much for talking about this today. Thank you so much. So as we start to wrap up, what are some resources that you've used or maybe you provided to help people either become an advocate for sexual assault or, like you said, to just get through sexual assault? So the one that I used, it's called SHARP. It's a program in the Army. It uh, stands for Sexual Harassment Assault Response and Prevention. That is what I used for my whole, like, when I was assaulted and reporting it. That was my main resource. Um, but I know that there's a lot of other resources out there. You can go to RAIN, R-A-I-N-N.org. That one's another resource. And there's a national sexual assault hotline you can use. There's so many different resources. But for like military, the one that I used was the SHARP. 
Okay, well, thank you for that. We have a large number of students that are a member of the military. So I'm so glad that you are able to provide resources both in and out of the military for our listeners. Thank you. So Brittany, thank you for sharing your expertise and your perspective on this issue. And again, thank you for joining me for today's episode. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. All right. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. Until our next podcast, please be well and be safe. For more information about our university, visit us at amuonline.com. Thank you for listening. AMU, American Military University.